Chime in, anytime. <laughs> oh no, I'm enjoying this far too much. Haven't you ever seen a rare hairless Wookiee before? Oh. Always remember I am here. Always remember I am Not a Wookiee. Hello there, and welcome to episode 16 of Distant Echoes, a Star Wars podcast where we travel through the galaxy watching each episode of every Star Wars TV series in whatever order we damn well please. Uh, I'm your host, Tommy. And I'm your other host, an ARC trooper with a nickname, so surely I'm safe from danger. <laughs> oh boy. Also known as Cassie. Um, and today we're continuing our journey. Uh, we've dubbed the hyperspace route to Obi-Wan Kenobi <laughs> by, <laughs> so dumb. Uh, by discussing some of his more pivotal episodes in the Clone Wars series. And we're back with another three episode arc this time. What Cass deemed the Jedi jail arc. Yeah, I like alliteration. And that's what happens because there's all, apparently an entire jail for Jedi, even though there's only like one Jedi there. I think it's, I actually think it's fascinating because we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it in a second, but I kind of like. That they did that. No, it's cool. It's a cool idea. Um, but yeah, so we're the, the episodes we're discussing this week are episodes 18, 19, and 20 in season three. I didn't write down the season, but I'm, po- I'm, I'm positive it's season three. Yes. Uh, the Citadel Counterattack and Citadel Rescue. Mm-hmm. So before we kind of jump into that, obviously we're jumping around with episodes. Uh, so just in case there's anything that folks don't know about, there's not really much... As far as the, the these three episodes are concerned, that I think you need to know going into it. Obviously, there's still the the war going on with the separatists and the republic. That's probably the most important thing. But I think if you're listening to this, you, you know that that's a thing. Um, I I will note that this episode follows directly after a three parter that we'll we'll jump into later, which is the the Mortis arc. Uh, that has Ahsoka, Obi, and yes. Anakin trapped on a planet where the Force is, like, super powerful. And there's these essentially godlike beings that they, they meet. But again, we'll we'll talk about that one in a future episode. We didn't d- jump into that one this week for various reasons, but we'll, we'll probably return to that one, I think, in this series. Because I think you get some, some good looks at Obi-Wan. Absolutely. And that as well, especially with the characterization of those godlike beings. Yeah. Because I remember in that that section, Obi-Wan ends up becoming the main, like, the main rescuer of Anakin because Anakin goes through a lot of different things. Yeah. And there's that entire discussion about the Chosen One, which mm-hmm. is such a huge deal to Obi-Wan later and his philosophy on life and friends. <laughs> um, I, I, was just, I just had an epiphany, though. I think... That for this podcast, I know originally we wanted, I know we've already done this. We've deviated from our original idea from the very beginning, but I kind of like just taking a theme or something that really excites us and just jumping into that, that episode. I don't think we need to go chronologically, which is good because we haven't done that (laughs) since the very first three podcast. So yeah. I think that's really cool. I know we're kind of fo- we're trying to focus on Obi-Wan centric, which I don't know. This one kind of does, but not as much, I think. But mm-hmm. I just think 
I'm just thinking of a flood of different episodes that I would really like to dive into just because they're so interesting. And I was telling you that that God arc was like, I feel like the inciting event that made us want to start a podcast in the first place because we've had just such a weird discussion it's, it's about a, that. Yeah, that those episodes just have so much going on for them and they're unlike any other episodes in the rest of the series. I think, no, I'm with you. And I think that what is great, and I think we've talked about this a little bit because they're releasing so much new yeah. content and we've been <laughs> wanting to like watch that and also talk about that on the podcast. So I think what helps is... Like what we're doing now leading up to Obi-Wan Kenobi, mm-hmm. we'll probably do the same thing when we get closer to like the Ahsoka series and yeah. look at some of her more pivotal episodes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so yeah, no, I mean, I think that that's the best way to kind of approach the Clone War series. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, like we're still planning on just covering, you know, as much of the TV shows as we can. Yeah. But I think adding this, especially for folks who haven't watched the entire Clone Wars series and you just want to get some of that background information, I think this is like the best way to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I just wanted no. to say that really quick. No, I think that's, I think that's a great, uh, I think that's a great kind of part of the preamble um, because I think we will continue doing that. Obviously when Obi-Wan Kenobi comes out, we're going to start focusing more on that. That's May, right? Yes. So we're, we're, we're getting closer and closer to that. We will probably take another break from Clone Wars and mm-hmm. then, you know, return to that. But the only other thing I would say is that this episode follows the the clone cadets mm-hmm. arc uh, as well, which is a, another three parter, or actually, I, I, never Ooh, mind. I, I think that's focus a, on the clones. I think too. that's a two parter. I take that back. I believe that's a two parter, <clears throat> um, and it features fives and echoes, both of whom show up in in these episodes and are major clone troopers, kind of throughout the entire series. They're promoted to arc troopers in that episode, and and those episodes are actually kind of interesting as well because chronologically. Those take place following uh, season one episodes. Uh, so, like, they're kind of out of place. They're in season three, the clone, the arc trooper kind of arc. They're, they actually follow chronologically uh, an episode in season one, um, weirdly. I'm so, confused. Wait. It, sorry, it follows events from season one. Oh, so they, like, skip around. Yeah. I got you. But, but like... It's it's not it's not super important and it doesn't really make that much of a difference. Yeah, I guess because we're not watching it in order right now. I didn't even. Yep. I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, other than that, the other necessary descriptions you get right off the jump uh, from this episode: the Jedi Obi and Anakin are tasked with rescuing Jedi Master Evan Peel, who has hyperspace coordinates. What? (laughs) Sorry, that name is like the most basic Star Wars name. Like it's like an actual person name. And yet it's the, one of the weirdest aliens I've ever seen. Yeah, but his, it's spelled E-V-E-N. Of course it's spelled different. P-I-E-L-L. But like it sounds E-L-L. like Evan Peel, which just sounds like a kid in my second grade class. Evan Peel sounds like uh, like an actor. It does. Yeah. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Um, so he ha- So Evan Peel has hyperspace co- coordinates uh, that they, they, they say whoever controls them can kind of tip the scales of battle in their mm-hmm. favor, which... You know, obviously doesn't doesn't really yeah. happen. It's like a route that goes to both the separatist and the uh, I can't think of the other side right now. The the Republic. Yeah, yeah. The separatists and the Republic homeworlds, or something yeah. like that. It, they don't they don't really talk that much about it. Yeah. Um, it, it's just I think it's just like you know the trade like in war it's like oh whoever controls the trade routes like yeah, can yeah. kind of tip the scales in their favor kind of thing. Yeah. I also think the. It probably, like, deals with, like, the Outer Rim planets and stuff like that. So, it, sure, it, it's one of those things where it's, like, just kind of, it's more of, like, a 
plot <laughs> device yeah. than oh, anything. Yeah. I mean, like in every episode. Mm-hmm. The med station blew up. Where's the med station? Oh, I guess it blew up. <laughs> I guess it blew up. I guess yeah. we know what happened to the med station. Um, and Evan Peel, folks will remember, uh, shows up in, uh, I believe, The Phantom Menace in live action. What? Yeah, Evan Peel's in the is in live action. As I well. don't remember that. Yeah, I think I think I mean he's part of like the. I cool. believe they're part of the uh, council. Okay. I mean they, they are a Jedi Master, but I I. Don't quote me on that because yeah. I don't actually remember. I really like them. Yeah, they're cool. They're cool. Anyway, that's really the only preamble that I think you need to know at this point. <laughs> the only other thing, I guess, I, I, I never remember, like, chronologically when Anakin gets his metal arm. I believe that's <laughs> in episode two, in the movies episode two, or does that happen in episode three? I can't. It's probably episode two, but... I don't remember, but I know that he ha- he has his metal arm in, in this I mean, episode. He was a and child it, in the first, the whole yeah. first one, basically. Yeah, he definitely doesn't get his arm cut off as a kid. Dude. But yeah, that's the only thing that, that is kind of semi-important here. He gets it somehow burned off in a pod race. <laughs> fixing, He's like fixing a pod race at a pit stop and it just... He's waving to the crowd and another speeder <laughs> just comes by and just rips his it. arm off. God, that would be brutal. Dude. So, yeah, that's really the only preamble I think anyone needs to know about this. Uh, You also, there's some, for the entirety of Clone Wars, there's some other important episodes that predate this episode as well, specifically the Night Sisters. It doesn't really play that heavily into this episode. That has a big reveal in it, obviously, but again, it doesn't, it doesn't play into this episode, so... No, no necessary information there, but you will need oh. to know about that. Like if you're, but we're gonna do that because yeah. that is such a good. There's so many good arcs. Mm-hmm. Like all the three parters are like some of the best. Yeah. Episodes. Yep. So t- jumping into the cast really quickly before we start getting into the the, the nitty gritty of this episode. So normal folks, we have Matt Lanter as Anakin Skywalker, James Arnold Taylor as Obi Wan, Plo Koon, and Osi Sobek, who is kind of the main villain. In this arc, uh, OC runs the prison that's holding Evan Peel. And we actually, they're what's known as a, their race is Findian. Hmm. And very soon, uh, there's going to be another prominent Findian that we'll see. I can't remember who it is, but I, no, I as soon as I saw him, I was like, he looks very familiar. It'll and be it's a, probably because of the other person that I'm not thinking of right now. Yeah, it'll be a an arc that we discuss in this series, so okay. stay tuned mm-hmm. for that. It's um, coming back. It's, yeah. it's slowly coming back. It's another. Me. It's it's a it's a very prominent arc, um, and it will be one of the episode arcs that we do soon. So, mm-hmm. uh, but but that's really the only. So this character is the first time Findians show up. So ugly. And <laughs> and uh, and then they bring them back with this other character in the Clone War series. We do get Findians in the High Republic series, which I haven't really dove too much into. Mm-hmm. So chronologically, like obviously they've existed before, but this yeah. is the first time we've seen them in any media. We also have Ashley Eckstein as Ahsoka Tano and K2B4, which I think is really funny. I didn't realize that she voiced those K2B4 droids, which is really funny. They're the droids with kind of the uh, almost like binocular-esque eyes. Like they have, I don't even know how to describe them, but they look very cartoony, mm-hmm. like, uh, like something almost out of... Out of the Jetsons. Mm-hmm. Uh, D. Bradley Baker, obviously, is the clone troopers and also a torture droid. We have Blair Bess is Evan Peel. And Cassie noted for, for for them, they've mostly done, they've done some voiceovers. They they were a voice actor in uh, Fallout 76. 
Oh, cool. But they also were a live action actor in Boston Legal, Dragnet, and The Practice, mm-hmm. uh, which is really kind of funny. Um, I wonder if they did a Russian accent like they do in this yeah, show. <laughs> I like don't, a Russian person. I don't know. Uh, very, um, it's very funny. I, I, I like their accent. I shouldn't say it's funny. It's very, it's very, uh, what's the word? Amusing. Um, which I guess is the same. <laughs> That's a synonym of funny. It's a it's a good <laughs> accent. It's a Amusing. good accent. Entertaining. Entertaining. That's the word I was looking for. Entertaining. So then we have Matthew Wood, who we've talked about before as well. Uh, Matthew Wood voices the battle droids and commando droids. They, of course, are most known for voicing uh, General Grievous. They also, I wanted to mention, he's the... I can't remember if we've talked about this before, but he's kind of the, the su- supervising sound editor... For, like, all Lucasfilm stuff. Oh, wow. That's cool. And also has done a lot of other Disney stuff, including a lot of Marvel TV shows, too. So they're not just, like, General Grievous's voice. They're, like, actually the the sound person as That's well. That's cool. Uh, again, I don't remember if we've talked about that before. We've, we've definitely talked Grievous about... Is Grievous in the movies, too? Yes, I do believe so. Mm-hmm. Then we have Steven Stanton as Captain Tarkin, who we've oh, talked about God. previously. Uh, Steven Stanton's voiced uh, Masameda, um, as well as Pike... Pike Traveler in The Book of Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. They voiced Tarkin in The Bad Batch. Admiral Raddus in Rogue One. Is, uh, they played, he was in Rogue yeah, One. Yeah, was in Rogue One. Apologies. Um, Sasha. Sasha was, Nine. Oh, Sasha Nine is one of the... Um, there's a lot of Psychonauts actors. Oh, there's a lot of really good... Double Fine always does an amazing well, job getting good voice actors for their games. I mean, is, Jack Black's in all their games. Was Double Fine ever a Lucasfilms or LucasArts property? Possibly. Because I wonder if that's maybe the, the reason why there's like so much crossover. Uh, that sounds right, but I'm honestly not sure. I, that could be totally wrong, but it feels like that might be the case. But obviously Jack Black's in like every single one of their games which is awesome but sasha nine was one of um raz rasputin raz the main character's teachers he's like one of the main characters in psychonauts so that's really cool he's one of the uh psychic like mm. heroes in that game gotcha 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 yeah the 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 carryover from from those games it's it's very interesting mm-hmm. we also had uh they also voiced steven Santon also voiced um obi-wan <laughs> Did I put that? That's what the it like autocorrected Obi Wan to Obi Wan. I, I had I had the Sims going it's, in another monitor when I was typing up some okay. of the stuff. Uh, so they voiced Obi Wan in Lego Star Wars and just tons of other vo- uh, voice acting credits, as is often the case. And then we have <laughs> C three PO makes an appearance as well, and C three PO is voiced by Anthony Daniels. Who's that? Yeah, no idea. Um, <laughs> Dude, I had no idea that he actually voiced. I wonder if he did it for the whole series. I think so. That's so cool. Yeah, I think so. Which, yeah, I, did, I didn't realize that either, which I should have. But I guess you always just kind of assume they don't get the normal voice yeah, actors. Because they usually don't. Um, but, yeah. Maybe Grievous, I guess, and C-3PO. But. And then we have Tom Kane as Yoda, Corey Burton as Count Dooku, and then uh, Terrence T.C. Carson as Mace Windu. I know we've talked about T.C. Carson before. I did want to note... Um, T.C. Car- Carson was on the show Living Single, Afro Samurai, and they also voiced, he also voiced Kratos in all of the games up until 2008. Yeah. Which, it sounds like there was a really uh, shitty- 2018? Sorry, 2018, yes. Um, to the 2018 God of War game that came out. And it sounds like there's a really shitty way that they just kind of went away from them, uh, which is frustrating, but, uh. um, you know, I-, I was just looking at a real quick quote from yeah. T.C. Carson, and he was just like- 
it's a business, you know, it is what it is, but so I, they stupid. also, I guess, didn't really reach out that they were, like, replacing him until it happened, but I don't know. Um, which is weird because I feel like his, as a voice, I haven't played the any of the newer God of War games. I mean, but the older ones, I mean, it's so icon- His voice is so iconic. Yeah, that's so It's weird. weird to me that they would move away from him. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like that. Don't like that either. But anyway, that's the whole cast. Um, and that's the cast throughout all three episodes. All right, bye. Thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah, this is just a casting uh, podcast. That's all. <laughs> all right, so diving into episode 18, The Citadel. So the the official description of this one, this is not the Disney Plus description. Uh, I believe this is either off of the DVDs or... I was trying to figure out where this was coming from. Yeah, and I was I'd... like, this is definitely not the Disney Plus description, which is only one sentence. Yeah, I believe that some of these descriptions must come off of the DVDs because these are these are taken from mm. Wikipedia. Um, and uh, they also just give you, like, basically the entire episode, uh, which we'll dive a little bit deeper into, but... Uh, it, the official description is with the help from R2-D2 and a squad of captured battle droids and elite Jedi team, a.k.a. I put this, just <laughs> Anakin and Obi. I just thought it was funny that they were like an, an elite, elite Jedi team. team. You mean the only team that they ever send out to do anything? It was the only two Jedi. Yeah. Uh, no, Plo Koon was there too. But he didn't go on the mission. Yeah, he did. He was frozen in carbonite with all of them. He He was? No, he wasn't. Oh, yeah. No, he wasn't. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Ahsoka went. Uh, Yeah. Because he asked her to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And clone troopers led by Obi-Wan and Anakin, they attempt to free a captive Jedi general, Evan Peel, from an impenetrable prison. Despite orders to the contrary, Ahsoka also tags along and she proves indispensable when infiltrating mission begins to evolve. Peel and his fleet officer, Captain Tarkin, are liberated from their cells, but now they must escape the Citadel itself. The moral for this episode is adaptation is the key to survival, which I guess is pretty apt. I don't yeah, know. <laughs> I think it's mostly like just. I mean, that's that's what happens throughout the entire goes episode. Wrong, and Ahsoka is the one to fix it all. <laughs> moral: Everything goes wrong. Ahsoka helps. Now, um, yeah. So much like the official description notes, this episode starts off with us learning about the capture of Evan Peel. Like we mentioned, Peel br- appears briefly in the prequel movies and is one of, he's the only one of his species I think we ever see. Um, he's kind of part human, part dwarf, part orc, part goblin? He might be. M- might I suggest? Part Yoda? A part human, part Yoda. Someone had a baby with a Yoda, and that's what he is, because that's exactly what he looks like. But his ears go a different direction. His ears droop. Yeah, but, but you know, that might just be like the genetics of a human mixing with the Yoda. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, but he also has a <laughs> Western European slash Russian accent. Yeah, and I'm curious of... to know if the rest of his race also has that accent. <laughs> they just come from Russia. Yeah. Anyway, we learn Peel is being held at the Citadel, a prison built by the Jedi Order to house rogue Jedi. Uh, so it's a really significant prison but the planet is eventually captured by the Separatists, and they end up using the prison against the Jedi. I, I think that the... I, I like the idea that they make that prison. It's kind of this kind of fail-safe kind of philosophy. Like, we need to... And, and I think that this kind of ties into the moral as well, where it's like, they have a plan that goes awry, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they have this plan for this prison. If they ever need to capture rogue Jedi, this is where they're going to store them. But then you have to also 
what happens if it gets taken over mm-hmm. and then used against you, not yeah. against Rogue Jedi. So it's kind of like that adaptation kind of thing. It's like, well, now we have to infiltrate it. I was kind of, I want to see this, I want to see this prison prior to the Separatist overhaul. Like, yeah. I want to see what Rogue Jedi, because the, this entire planet is like a prison planet, right? And prison planets are always insane. Like, it's half a volcano. Mm-hmm. And ever like I kept saying, like, oh, Jedi just don't like volcanoes. <laughs> and so that's bad. But then there's also, like, a minefield going up a rock that they have to climb. And there's mines that detonate if you touch them because you're trying to climb up or down this giant tower that is inside a volcano. Like, mm-hmm. that is some fucking crazy security. Yeah. I and mean- I, I just, I want to know who was there. So that they were trying to keep inside before this happened, you know? I don't know if he was, but I know that in the novel, uh, I forget the, it's it's the Dooku novel. It's like Dooku Apprentice Lost or something like that. I know that it's mentioned in that novel. Hmm. So it might be that Dooku was stored there at some point and then it escapes. Um, I'm not as interested in him. I just want to <laughs> see, I already know who he is. I want to see some cool new character that's like, a rogue Jedi that just like yeah, but I think that might I mean, be a rogue Jedi Sith. Yeah, and I can't. I think they mentioned that. <laughs> I guess not. That would be something totally different. They mentioned that the Jedi Order built it. I don't know if like at what point. That's also crazy to me that they you know they built it. So I I, I know that on Wikipedia I think they mentioned a timeline. Uh, I don't quite remember, but it may have been just like a long time ago kind yeah. of thing too. It's also fascinating to me that the Jedi would have made a prison. Well, if we're I, going with the whole peacekeepers thing, like. I don't know. It seems a little weird to me. I think it's one of those things where it's like preparation is key. Like being like they practice, you know, obviously being in the moment a lot of the times, but also being prepared is a big thing. And so I think that it I think it's in I think that it's very much in their wheelhouse to do something like that, because I mean, you, you, you think about, like, what the Jedi Order kind of evolves into, and it's very, like, rigid and very, you know, it, it has, like, it's, like, philosophy is, like, you know, you must follow this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I think it would make sense that you would have a prison if anyone kind of, like, strays from that. Yeah. Um, there's another ro- Jedi. A correctional that, facility. Yeah, there's another Jedi that goes rogue in, uh, who's in Clone Wars as well. I'm blanking on their name. Uh, it's they're they're in the book Dark Disciple. Um, Asajj Quinlan Voss. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. Quinlan Voss is becomes a rogue Jedi at, at one point. He's never housed there, and I don't think they mention this jail in that that book. Um, it would have been a good place for them to have done it, but you know, yeah. There's there's a different holding facility where he's held at at some, at one point, and I wonder if there's I wonder if there's a tie in there because it's I believe it's under Dooku where he's held. And I wonder if Dooku was held in the jail if he, like, took some of the stuff from mm-hmm. it kind of thing. But th- the other thing I'll mention is that from what I read. So th- so this is on the planet, like Cassie was saying, Lo- uh, Lola Seiyu. And it's a fractured world that's rocky and filled with lava. It's actually, it would, to me, it was really reminiscent of Mustafar. And I don't know if that was intentional, but at one point, Anakin kind of remarks that, like, the Citadel, he kind of, like, marvels at it a little mm-hmm. bit. And part of me wonders if, like, there was... Like just if that was intended to be like a little bit of foreshadowing, I'm because sure. yeah. he ends up they, setting up his. They fortress. carry on the foreshadowing yeah. quite a bit. You know, 
Anakin's fortress ends up being on Mustafar, mm-hmm. right? Which is also just like this really hard to get to place mm-hmm. uh, that's filled with lava. And it just seems, it seemed very kind of on the, not on the nose, uh, but it, feel, it felt like a very subtle reference potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last thing I just want to mention before diving into the plot. So O.C. Sobek was, it, from what I read, was actually put there by the Jedi. But then when the... When the Separatists took it over, he just started working for them. Hmm. That's what I understood from from what I read. That could be incorrect, uh, but that's what I, I read on on Wikipedia. So, anyway, that's a ton of preamble. Um, but moving along, so Anakin seems to be the one in this episode, kind of in charge of the mission. He's the brains behind the operation, and he has a plan to use reprogrammed droids led by R2 to get them in undetected. Because obviously this is Separatist controlled, so they're going to be scanning for life forms. Mm -hmm. Obi-Wan at one point kind of remarks, like, well, if they're scanning for life forms, how are we going to get in? And, And Anakin's like, I got an idea for that. Turns out his idea is to freeze them in carbonite. Oh, that's kind of some backwards foreshadowing there. Yep. God, they lay the foreshadowing on thick in this episode. <laughs> they really do. The whole Tarkin thing, too. They really do. Um, I think it works. We can talk about it in a minute, but, like, I... I, I like it. Yeah. It's just fun to be like, oh, you're really trying to connect. You're trying to, to give the 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 trilogy more credit than it really re- needed to receive <laughs> by filling in all the gaps. Yeah. So, we know. Yeah, they do, they do a good job. But, yeah, it is it is very on the nose a lot of the times. Anakin wants, or sorry, not Anakin, Ahsoka wants to go, but Anakin tells her that it's too dangerous. She gets upset, tells Plo Koon that it's her choice whether or not she risks her life, which, yes, but also no. <laughs> it's like, it's their job to keep you, keep you safe as a Padawan, but I get where she's coming from. We get Plo Koon's patented Soka, which... Little Soka. Little Soka, which always melts my heart, um, so I just love that whenever they're kind of on screen together. Yeah, it... Basically, she says, you know, it's it's my choice if I want to do this. Um, they have like a conversation about it and she ends up choosing to go. I don't exactly remember what he says to her, but he definitely doesn't say like go. But I think he just gives her like, you know, some advice, which she, mm-hmm. you know, just takes in her own way. Mm-hmm. She ends up after everyone freezes themselves in carbonite, freezes herself in carbonite as well. Um, there's a really funny moment when Anakin's kind of getting out of carbonite. He's like, hey, snips. Like, obviously, like, dreary. And she's like, hey, Anakin, like, still kind of waking up. And then he's like, wait, mm-hmm. what are you doing here? <laughs> um, and she says that Plo Koon basically gave her permission to. Um, Which they don't believe. Yeah, all. I don't think they believe, but they test her a little bit, uh, a little bit later. Um, I think there's a great Obi line here. He takes the opportunity to rib at Anakin a little bit and says, it seems Anakin's new teaching style is do as I say, not as I do. Um, which it's just like, (laughs) I feel like their relationship a lot of the times in the Clone Wars is less antagonistic and more just like one upping each other. And like, I guess this is the way you do things. I can't do anything about it. Kind of like brothers, but also like they just, anytime they interact a lot of the times, it's just... They're just annoying each other. I think that's also part of why Anakin is the way he is. Because Obi-Wan doesn't actually tell him firmly, no, you can't do this. It's kind of like, well, you're going to do it anyway. Like, he kind of just feeds into it. Um, And I think Obi-Wan is part of that. Obi-Wan, has, as we've already seen, has a hard time with the whole forming relationships thing. And he says, right before he fights Anakin, that he was like a brother to him. 
Mm-hmm. You, there wasn't a Padawan master relationship most of the time. It was like a brother. Yeah. So. Well, because they're not that far apart in age. Yeah. I don't feel like. Because Anakin was older when he joined as a youngling. And he knew Anakin when he was a child. He before. knew Anakin when he was a child. And and when he, and when they joined, Obi-Wan was a Padawan mm-hmm. still. Mm-hmm. So like, you know. Yep. I think there. I think that, that it makes sense that that's what their relationship is. But it also probably is one of the reasons why... You know, Anakin just kind of like jumps ahead, right? Because mm-hmm. he's like, you're basically like my brother. You're not really my teacher. You yeah. know, they do kind of learn from each other. So it's really, it's a really interesting relationship. And I think, again, one of the reasons we picked this episode is I think that that kind of continues on. One thing that's really fascinating about this series is this series of episodes is when Anakin is in charge and like Obi Wan kind of takes a back seat a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think that like you get. Even though they both can be really wild cards some of the times, Anakin is very much like more charge ahead kind of thing and very much like he he's not like I'm the one in charge necessarily, but you really get that vibe, I feel like. Yeah. Um, he doesn't plan as much as Obi-Wan plans. Which is why I think that the Ahsoka thing is is probably, you know, really hard for him because, you know, he's like, I told you to do this, like that mm-hmm. was my determination. I'm both, you know, you're you're master and i'm the one leading this mission this is ironic why is someone going why are you going over my head you know what i mean um and so i just think that that's very probably like i see you do it to your master all the time and to obi-wan <laughs> i think for obi-wan yeah he's just kind of like yeah you do this to me all the time dude but i think i think anakin may take it a little bit more to heart yeah. we don't really get that much of it but I, i'm just kind of rationalizing some of the details a sure. little bit more anyway they so they and they chart ahead uh, and as the moral would suggest, this whole episode is about learning to adapt. Mm-hmm. They have to adapt when Ahsoka shows up. They have to adapt how they climb the walls of the prison. Like you mentioned, there's those electrical charges outside. Mm-hmm. Clone Trooper Charger falls to his death of and course. is electrocuted. For first death of the <laughs> many brutal deaths that occur in this Yeah, arc. That one wasn't that brutal, but I mean, I think all things considered. I think he would suggest, he would argue <laughs> otherwise. Being electrocuted, hitting <laughs> against the rock cliff face, and then falling into vol- volcano. All right, you got a point. It's pretty, it's pretty brutal. It's not as brutal as the next one. Oh, my God. Or sorry, not the next one. Uh, the one in episode two, the second mm-hmm. episode of this. Um, they they get to the top of the platform where they're climbing, and some, some droids lock the door. And they're like, well, we got to adapt. <laughs> it's like... Yeah. We they didn't. keep saying that. They're like, all right, plan B. All right. Well, th- th- I guess this is part of the plan now. Yeah. Like, they just keep they, adding that. It's funny because it's like you didn't plan for a for a door to be ray shielded. Like, that seems like the most basic It's thing. in a volcano. What? Like, why do you think? Oh, maybe they're like, oh, they probably don't lock doors because they would just fall into volcan- volcano if not. But, like, almost every door ever has always been ray shielded. So, like, yeah. what? So, that door gets ray shielded. And then, dun da 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 it's great that Ahsoka is with them because... Tiny Tina. <laughs> Tiny <laughs> Tina. Uh, Ahsoka is able to climb up into an air duct that no one else can fit through and unlock the door for them. Um, that's kind of like the, you know, the payoff, I guess you would say, of her being there, especially in this episode. <laughs> She's small. Yeah. Can fit into tiny spaces. They eventually save Peel, and we learn that he only has one half of the coordinates. His officer has the other. So they set off to save the officer, and Sobek traps them using a magnetic ceiling and service droids that flip and shit. <laughs> Which also makes Anakin fly up into the air because he yeah. has a magnetic arm. Sorry, not service droids. Special droids. I don't know why I said service droids. The ninja droids. droids? Yeah, they're like flipping around and stuff. Yes. Um, 
Longshot is electrocuted there, so that's the second clone death that happens. Anakin gets, like you said, he gets pulled up to the ceiling because of his metal arm, which I love. I love when they use that, like, yeah, against that him. Um, and he eventually gets, is able to grab hold of his lightsaber, turn off the uh, the magnetism, and then they they kick the droid's asses. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's one thing I did want to mention. I did think it's, I do think it's interesting, like, I don't know if this is foreshadowing or not, but he's, like, overcoming this lightning that's taking him over to, like, do this thing. Oh, and I'm sure it is. Part of me wonders if, like, there's this whole thing with, obviously, Force Lightning when he th- overthrows the Emperor and stuff like that. He's like, ooh, I like this. I like Force Lightning. Notably, he isn't able to do Force Lightning in the future. Anakin's yeah. not. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the comics, I believe that ends up being like a point of contention with the Emperor. I think he force does it lightning, once. Go, Force Lightning. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, I just think it's I just think it's funny he overcomes that to do the thing he needs to do and then pushes forward. His, his trademark is choking. So his trademark is masochism. <laughs> <laughs> Just getting the shit kicked out. Daddy of like choking. <laughs> daddy like choking. No, his daddy don't like choking. I know. Well, he likes choking. So yeah, it's true. Um, they escape. They track down the officer, which we learn is Captain Tarkin, who is just petulant and annoying. Oh my god! And literally argues with them as they're rescuing him. It's and like, it's dude, like, you want to fucking stay in the cell? Like, I wish that would have happened. Yeah. But then, of course, they hammer on the thing where Anakin's like, hmm, he's annoying as fuck, but I kind of agree with him. Yeah. At every moment. And it's like, okay, we get it. We know that he becomes your general. Like, we, we get it. Yeah. I, I or do. Or admiral. Yeah. I do. Um, it, it is annoying, but I also think that it works. Like, No, I, I like it. I like it, too. I just, I roll my yeah. eyes just because it's like, come on, Anakin. There are some moments that are very put on, but I think that, like, it doesn't especially with Tarkin's character, it doesn't feel like it deviates so much or it doesn't go like so over the top that it no. feels put on. No, it's not like, I like darkness and lava and evil stuff. And it's yeah. like, hmm, it's- evil stuff's cool. Yeah. It's more like, no, this is practical and I don't like the way that the Jedi do these things. Mm-hmm. And so that's the whole shtick. Well, and also too, I think something that's really interesting is it's all, it's very, he's very strategic minded. Yes. Right? Like it's strategy and logic over mm-hmm. everything else. Where I think that there's a part of Anakin that likes that because Anakin doesn't follow that a lot of the times. Like, oh my god. Are the Sith Romulans and the Jedi Vulcans? I don't know that. Uh, like, of course. So Vulc, can I go into this really fast? Uh, sure. So Vulc, I mean, Vulcans are all logic-minded and and rational. And Romulans are also logic-minded, but they still have, like, control. They still also show their emotions and, and become, can, be, can become irrational to an extent that their logic overwhelms them. Um, I don't know if that would be... That's a little bit too... Yeah. Yeah, because, like, when I, think of a, when I think of a Vulcan, I think of Spock, obviously, and he's very much, like, just straight, like, no, this is, like, kind of... It, it, it very much feels like it's built in. To, like, mm-hmm. their physiology, whereas... But Vulcans also have a very religious side maybe, to them. Maybe. You, you're the uh, you're the Star Trek expert, so no, I don't I'm know. No, I'm not. But it is more religious than it is just, like, a physical thing. They actually control their emotions on purpose. Yeah. Like, they have emotions, but they decidedly, like, meditate on not using them. Yeah. Which is kind of Jedi-like. So I think for Anakin, there's something... If I had to just make a characterization, I think there's something that might be about Tarkin's kind of calculatingness um, yeah. that he appreciates because I don't think Anakin can turn off the emotional connections. I think that's something that he struggles with. And I think we know that obviously mm-hmm. like 
through how he reacts to Ahsoka, how he reacts to Obi-Wan, how he reacts in, like, his relationship with Padme and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so I think that there's probably just, like, a level of, like, yeah, like, this guy knows what he's doing. He knows, Mm -hmm. like, how to just be straightforward and logical about this. And I think that's something that he eventually starts learning. And he, Mm -hmm. he mentions a lot of times, like, I don't think that the Jedi go far enough, you know, with how they handle situations. And we'll talk about that a little bit in the, the final episode. But I think that it's, I think that it's, it, it makes sense, like, to have these, like, nuggets dropped for his mm-hmm. character. But that's, that is episode, that's episode 18. So moving on to episode 19, Counterattack. This one we'll probably spend less time on because not as much really happens um, in the second two episodes, or at least not as much. There's not as much to, to talk about because everything's already set up. Yeah. Uh, the moral for this one is anything that can go wrong will, which is literally just Mort Murphy's <laughs> law. Cut. Phone it in here. Without like some of the Yeah. Uh, no, it's literally words. the same thing. <laughs> the official description for this one is, with freed prisoners in their possession and the brutal warden attempting desperately to thwart them, Obi-Wan and Anakin search for a way out of the Citadel and back to Coruscant. The prison, however, has more traps, perils, and pitfalls in store for them than they had imagined, and they must work past their differences if they are to escape. Their bid to board the shuttle fails when heavy weapons fire, when heavy weapon fire destroys their craft. Arc Trooper Echo dies in the blast. The escapees... Does not die? Well, but I think in the description for this one... Everyone thinks he dies. Yeah, uh, the yeah escapees, they didn't really focus on that very much. They didn't. Yeah. Sorry, I was just they did. They did a little bit. There's a moment where... Um, Rex is like, Echo, no! Echo! Echo! Echo, no! Echo! Echo! Hold on, I used to be able to do the... Uh, Echo. Plankas. Echo. I can't do it. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> there, there is a moment where I can't remember which one it is. It might be Cody kind of turns back and you see Echo's helmet. And I think he he's, has like a little moment like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's the official description. Uh, it This one picks up right at the end of the last episode with Anakin and his team. They, they do split up at the last episode. Yeah. Anakin gets put with uh, Tarkin, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Obi is with... Uh, Evan Peel uh, and uh, some of the other clone troopers. Ahsoka's with Anakin, mm-hmm. I believe, at this point. And I think Rex is with them, too. Yes, yep. And uh, so, yeah, so it picks up right after that. Uh, Anakin and his team are following a path along uh, a lava river that's just, like, right underneath the Citadel. Obi's team is in the ventilation system in the prison. Obi's team gets caught by a probe droid, and Peel does some <laughs> some Yoda maneuvers uh, and kills it easily. Telling you, man. Uh, he, but it triggers some of the security system, which shuts doors throughout the chamber they're in, and oh my god, literally cuts a clone trooper in half. You it's, don't see it, but you hear him gurgling, ah, and then yeah, holy fuck. And then Evan Peel's like, "We lost one. We got to keep going." <laughs> I know. No one who had. You're right. No one who has a name. They're like, okay, whatever. You 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 were like probably because they were just born. <laughs> it was just like. Yeah, you're, but you're well, the but expendable ones. Apparently. Long shot, long shot. Charger and Echo all die. Echo doesn't die, obviously, but mm-hmm. they they are named. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But but yeah, it was just like again one of those brutal things. Like <laughs> you know, one. you don't see it, but you know what happens. Like he's, well, I don't know what the word is, but like he's, cut in half. Like, yeah, Jesus. And I thought about it so uh, incorrectly. Evan Peel goes, um, "We're gonna have to do some cutting," and I thought he meant like, oh, <laughs> cutting the or like. Making sure he was completely severed so he's not just dangling there. But he meant, like, cutting the rest of the things open. But <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit. Good Lord. Do some Good. soldering with my lightsaber. Good Lord. Um, 
yeah, it's it's that one is particularly brutal, even though it is off screen. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Anakin follows behind his group and gives Ahsoka the lead, which Tarkin is annoying about. They get to a dead end and they're ambushed by some droids. Anakin shows back up and is like, Ahsoka, if you're really assigned to this mission, you would have known to blow this up, blow up this very wall, uh, <laughs> which is silly. What the fuck? How did you know that wall was there? It's like, dude. I guess they had a floor plan, but. For one, dude, you know she wasn't assigned by Plo Koon. Like, you yeah. know at this point. You're just being a dick. And then she blows it up anyway. And, it's and like, then, <laughs> whatever. And then two, like, why wouldn't you have all, before, like, you were like, I'm going to take the rear. By the way, the wall we're looking to, like, blow up, it's coming up yeah, soon. tell her. Be on the look. Like, wh- why would you just be like, well, Plo Koon three days ago would have told you. Like, that's not. <laughs> that's he would have not- informed you within, like, two seconds before he. Before they, you know, cryo Here's every single, you. Here's every single part of the plan, and you need to memorize it word for word All and right, not go. forget anything. Like, it's, just, it's silly. It's He's one such of those, a jerk. It's He's one of those things where it's like, Anakin, bro. He, he honestly acts like an older brother to her, too. And she says that, too. Yeah, like, yeah. It's like the stubborn older brother, but also the protective older brother, because she's a girl. It's You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's more like, you're so stupid. Why didn't you know that? Yeah. Duh. Silly. Yeah. Why just not? Con- why not just confirm it? Like this isn't the time to. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> fine. She's dead. What do you want right. to do now? Yep. You made your point. After that, we cut to R two and his droid squad who yes. get intercepted on their way to the shuttle. The reprogrammed droids tell the droid cops uh, that catch them that they're escorting R two because they captured him. And then there's a funny moment where the re- the reprogrammed droid like pushes hey. R two to like make it look believable. Move along. And then when, when they get alone again, R2, like, rams into yeah, it. he's like, sorry. He's like, I'm just trying to make it look believable. Um, and, and R2 is like, don't fucking hit me. Yeah. God, I love R2 so much. So I was good. telling you, like, R2 is is the best droid. But, like, he does so many different missions. He's so versatile. Yeah. Like, he's not just an astromech droid. Like, he does so many different things. It's mm-hmm. just incredible. Yeah. I mean, he's one of the, like, if you think about if you took... R2 out of the, like, any, like, the series. They'd be fucked. Yeah. They would be fucked. They would have died so many times. (laughs) So they, so meanwhile, while that, there's a lot of, like, this is happening at the same time, this is happening, this is happening at the same time, this is happening, while R2 and his droid units are doing their thing, Obi and his team find the shuttle, which the droids just found, (laughs) but it's, it's left, it's like, there's no one around it, and they're like, this is obviously. They're smart enough to go, okay. yeah, Yeah, this is obviously a trap. And then Obi and his team kind of like are like, well, let's go around a different way. And of course, Sobek is like, well, I knew you'd know it was a trap. So I set the trap up where you would go because it was a trap and they get trapped. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, traps on traps on traps. Um, <laughs> and they get brought before Sobek and he exec- executes a clone. That was awful, too. And I wanted to <laughs> Just note- shoots him in the head. Yeah, I wanted to note that Evan Peel says, well, this is war. We're all determined to die. Which is like, that's awful. And then yeah. he shoots him and he's like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is very much like. It's okay. He was just born. He was just born. It's okay. <laughs> um, it's a baby clone. Yeah, they, they they do have that remark. And then after he shoots one of the clones, he gets a FaceTime from Count Dooku. <laughs> um, he sends them away to the, the cells with battle droids where they're intercepted by R2 and R2's battle droids, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, pretty clever. They basically are like, no, we're gonna, we're here to take them away, and so mm-hmm. then they start marching them to so fucking the smart. the airfield. Anakin's team and Obi's team meet back up, and then we get a huge battle at this point. Mm-hmm. 
This is where Echo uh, presumably is killed. Blown uh, up. And then they get in touch with the council. They have to, like, retreat and ask them for, like, another plan of escape. Yeah. And that's that episode. Like, again, like, th- not a lot happens. It's mostly just them kind of, like, going to, yeah, like, yeah. point A it's to point B. a lot of action. Whatever can go wrong does go wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, even though I don't know if I would really say stuff goes wrong as much as it's, like, your plan didn't work because you're in a fortified prison. Yeah. How, how much can you plan for getting into a fortified yeah. prison and out? Again. Yeah. Um, as far as, like, because we haven't talked as much about Obi's character, I think that, you know, he, he does take a little bit of a backseat in mm-hmm. these kind of episodes, the first two, but he does have some moments in episode three that we'll talk about in a second. I do think that it's a really interesting, I mean, we talked about this, but I think it's an interesting dynamic where he's letting Anakin kind of, like, take the lead, mm-hmm. but then he also has to, like, be a leader as well. I think it's maybe because he recognizes that Anakin is just better in small like tough situations like this because he's impulsive and reckless sometimes that actually works to your advantage when you Mm -hmm. don't know what's going on whereas obi-wan is a planner he i mean he's the one that had the whole idea he is more uh, surprisingly actually more logic-minded about it and saying well you know we we needed to do this but we've got this other plan he is prepared he's prepared right but anakin's like well we can't really rely on all of that right now and ahsoka's the same way ahsoka's like well you didn't rely on me being here but i'm the one who's making better decisions than you so you know just follow me right it's this really interesting balance between the two of them where a lot of the times obi-wan is reckless and impulsive when he's alone but when he's with when he's risking his own life he doesn't care but when it's other people he's very adamant Mm -hmm. he really does care about people yeah um in a way that it should have become anakin's fault but it was not done properly again in the movies like if he had if he had become darth vader because he cared about his wife then that would have been one thing but he didn't Babe, I care so much about you. I'm going to become Darth Vader. I care about you. You know what I'm saying, no, though, I know right? Like, that was what was supposed to happen, but that clearly wasn't the case. Right, so. yeah. It's, it, they make it this weird, like, oh, he's jealous of Obi-Wan and Padme. It's and stupid. It's, yeah, it doesn't It doesn't feel It should have right. been like, I want to help my wife survive this ordeal. Um, well, that is, so funny enough, that is, I know in, like, the comics and some of the, maybe some of the novels, that is, like, a, a thing where he's, yeah. like, I want to try been... to bring her back. And I think yeah, that, yeah. that Emperor might even promise that at some point. That honestly makes more sense, right? When people yeah. are, you know, like in other in other media and stuff, like if someone is promised the ability to like bring someone back to life, like in that Visions episode, that's exactly what it was. That one woman became a Sith. I forget who it was. Somebody, it was one of the, one of the last Visions. Yes, 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 yes. Somebody yes. was resurrected or yep. something like that. yeah. I think that that's that's definitely a theme with Anakin. Like it's like black magic, dark magic, yeah. sort of thing. Which, interestingly enough, uh, the moral of the next episode, uh, episode twenty, Citadel Rescue, is without honor, victory is hollow. Mm-hmm. Which I think kind of ties into the, some of the sentiments we're talking about a little bit. The episode descri- the official description for this one is: after their ship and only way off the planet is destroyed, Anakin and Obi Wan must lead the escaped prisoners across Lola Seyu's perilous landscape as. Plo Koon commands a task force of four cruisers and their fighters through the Separatist defenses and a daring rescue. Jesus, that's a long sentence. With Kit Fisto. Uh, Evan Peel is ravaged by Anuba tracking beast before 
But before he dies, he passes on the routes to Ahsoka. When the survivors return to Coruscant, Ahsoka knows half the intel and refuses to disclose it but any, to anyone but the Jedi Council, whereas Tarkin wants to give it to the Chancellor himself. So, yeah, uh, we learn here that Jedi's Plo Koon, Kit Fisto, uh, Saicin Teen, and Adi Galia. Uh, that's like an actual elite team of Jedi. Seriously. Like, not just... Why didn't they go in first? <laughs> Come on, guys. I'm sure there's something to do with, like, we can only send in a small Well, then they can't have an episode of a TV show. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. But I think if you want to rationalize it, it's probably that they just needed a small team. I mean, they they talk a lot about, and and not a lot about, but in the first episode, they make mention of, like, oh, we can't use our jetpacks. You're right, because it's so windy. They don't really see the wind. They just just say that. That's so Um, random. But yeah, so we have this actual elite team of Jedi that are on their way to save them. Um, and again, still not like a ton of major beats in this episode. You have the squad making their way to a rendezvous point for extraction, but it's na- a narrow window of time. And you get a sense that more separatist forces are probably on their way as well. We see Sobek get really desperate and unleash a pack of Anubo, which are these hyena-like aliens with a giant horn that comes out of their jaw, which is a really cool monster yeah, design so wild um like it's literally a horn in their bottom i don't jaw. know how that works i mean it's not i mean i guess it, it you could say painful. it's like a tooth but um it yeah. looks like a horn we get some really cool moments obi asks r2 to, <laughs> this is one of my favorite parts asks his unit uh to to hold off the onslaught of droids and one of the battle droids says something like it was an honor to serve with you and like says something else like very like Jesus honorably and literally they run in and are immediately destroyed. Yeah. Um, R2's like, fuck. It was very sorry. Funny. I made fun of you, dude. Um, we also get some interesting moments between Obi, Anakin and Ahsoka. They discuss Tarkin and you get a sense that Anakin likes him at this mm-hmm. point. Obviously there's more talk about them being peacekeepers, the Jedi, but being unable to keep the peace. Anakin thinks the Jedi don't go far enough. Some of the times, which is the theme, the, the theme that we keep seeing, it puts him and Obi at odds so often because Obi is so forward with his reverence towards the Jedi Order, mm-hmm. whereas Anakin is very much kind of like, whatever. We need to do the things that we need to do to make to like win this war. Yes, yes. Which I I think like a lot of the times we we've given Obi Wan a hard time for his like hardline stance on the Jedi Order. I think his ideal in this episode makes more sense. Yes, where it's like you can't. You can't just, like, go in and, like, blow up planets that have civilians on them. That's not... He doesn't say this exactly. Yeah, but, but no, that's exactly right. But it's, like, like you have to have limits, yeah, right? No. Like, you have to have... You can't just kill all of your enemies. Yeah. And that's something that I know... I know for a fact Anakin is at odds with them about. Like, we see him stab people in the back all well, the time. That's why it was a little shocking when Ahsoka killed Sobek. Yep. And they kind of look at her startled. Yeah. And then, of course, Tarkin's, like... Good job. Thank you. No, he says, he says to Anakin, you, you trained, trained her well. well. Yeah. Which I was going to talk about this uh, once we got to that, but we can talk about it now. Is like, it's that's very much. <laughs> I mean, he's very. You know, Obi Wan's like, fuck. I mean, in the in the last episode arc that we talked about, the three episode arc, the Mandalore plot, Anakin does the exact same thing. He yep. stabs someone in the back that's like holding up Obi and yep. Satine. Mm-hmm. And then we have Ahsoka who does like the same maneuver. Yep. Because she has to. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I, I I really felt like that was Tarkin just being like, oh, this is your Padawan? Well, I can see that you're like, you've taught her yep. what you like need to do. Mm-hmm. There's also possibly like, who knows, maybe, you know, maybe the Chancellor's like put a bug in Tarkin's ear to be like, 
hey, if you run into Anakin, like, because he's like Tarkin's working with with the Emperor at this point, mm-hmm. or sorry, with Chancellor Palpatine at this point. So who knows? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Like, but um, anyway, yeah, I thought that was a really interesting parallel there. He's probably pissed when Darth Vader becomes his commanding officer his boss yeah yeah but yeah so we, we which do i think get... is kind of obvious in the movies too yeah so we do see that and like as far as obi is concerned i think he does have his moment where he's trying to like teach anakin as well still too of like you know we you can't and, and this is i think at the end of the episode where he says like you know you you can't give up your honor for victory mm-hmm. otherwise like what you're fighting for is lost yep right and i think that that like kind of rings true to what ends up happening with the empire like they want total like dominance and control mm-hmm. and i mean i guess it, it's hard to rationalize that because it's like all evil actors but i think when you think about like the people who you know like the day-to-day people who work with the empire it's like i don't know i don't know where that's I'm going what with happens that. in war though in reality yeah people just decide that they want to have the bigger dick and take over entire civilizations without yeah. regard to people who are just living their lives and the cost of that life is not significant enough to them to change the way they want to win. Yeah. Um, which is really hard. Yeah. So anyway, as far as the episode goes, uh, the basically Obi-Wan and Anakin kind of have to stay back and, and stave off some of the, the fighters, the, the Anuba that show up. Um, they're like fighting off some of them and then some, some speeder bike dudes. Ahsoka and Evan Peel are together. Evan Peel gets kind of impaled by one of those giant um, horns from one of the Anuba, and he he's fatally wounded. Mm-hmm. He's dying, and he's telling Ahsoka, like, I need to tell you the coordinates. He's like, no, 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 I gotta go get Oh, my an God. <laughs> I need an adult, Ahsoka. He's fucking dying. Right. It's like... I need an adult. <laughs> and But also, like, not even that. Like, I get that. It's also weird because, like, she was so adamant about the fact that she should be on this mission. And then this guy's dying and she has the most vital information. Right. She's like, no, I got to give it to someone else. I get it because it's like she kind of... Probably scared. Yeah, she lacks confidence in that moment. Like, I understand that. But it, it's the thing that I thought was funny was it wasn't even just like, I need to go get someone to help save you, which I understand that. But also, she's like, no, I wasn't supposed to be here. Yeah. And it's like, but you're here now. Why does that matter? <laughs> what are you talking Bitch, about, girl? take my info. Um, but again, I do understand her lacking confidence in herself in that sure, moment. Because, sure, sure. and they do, I do feel like they do it in a way that does feel a little, this is one of the moments where it's like, that feels a little put on that she just like immediately starts lacking her confidence. Yeah. But he, he does relay the information to her. Um, and they, she rejoins the group, you know, with him and they're like, oh no. And, um, they have like a, a funeral for him, which is really sad, even though they didn't do that for any of the other clone troopers, but. Sorry, his little, his little wrapped up body goes into the lava. Yeah, no, it is. That one, that was really interesting, but also I'm just like, y'all are so cruel to the clones. Mm. But the, yeah, so they, they, they kind of group back up together and they make it to the rendezvous point. So back in a force, uh, also show up. He goes, he basically, like, there's a lot of fighting. He gets a hold of Tarkin and is about to throw him in the lava. And this is the part that we were just talking about where Ahsoka uh, stabs, stabs him in the, stabs Soka. <laughs> Bleh. Ahsoka stabs Soka. Ahsoka stabs herself in the back. No, she stabs Sobek in the <laughs> back. 
And um, that's kind of the basically the end of the episode. As soon as that happens, Plo Koon shows up. They make their way back to Coruscant. And then this is where it's really interesting because Evan Peel made told Ahsoka, don't tell anyone this, but the Jedi Council. Yep. Tarkin is like, no, we got to give it to the Chancellor, which to be fair makes sense because like, the, the Chancellor is like the one kind of leading the yeah, war, I guess. God, why doesn't anyone fucking realize that he's a bad guy? Yeah. God. Uh, and Yoda's like, we'll discuss and figure it out. Yeah. Um, and and that's basically the end. Then we get the moment where <laughs> we do get a moment where Tarkin and Anakin shake hands. And in that moment, you hear the Empire March yeah. kind of start to play. That, I love every time they do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's really interesting. As he's as they're kind of like watching him leave, you have Obi and Anakin kind of talking to each other, and that's where Obi gives the message of like, you can't give up your morals, essentially. Yeah. Like, fuck that guy. Don't listen to him. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's it's really interesting because I don't know that like, I mean, obviously no one really realizes the gravity of the situation at that point, but you would think that like if Obi had like a little more inclination of things that were to happen, you would he would be a little bit more kind of pushy with that information mm -hmm. which i do want to call out though thinking back in the mortis arc where they are on that kind of force that that planet with like the force gods essentially mm -hmm. anakin does get visions of himself becoming darth vader in that moment mm -hmm. i don't remember if he shares that with obi but oh. if he does you would think like maybe obi's like oh shit obi should like <laughs> kind of like step in and do a little bit more there but yeah he doesn't um i don't know if he does I don't, I, yeah, I don't, I don't quite but remember. we'll get into that one. But that's, that's basically the end. I mean, that's the end of the arc. I think that as far as like Obi-Wan's character is concerned, I think, again, some of the, some of the big themes we picked out on are like him kind of taking a step back to let Anakin lead the way, which ends up resulting in success overall. Mm -hmm. But you do have to kind of think about the costs, right? Like there's a lot of, they lose a lot of clone troopers. Like five or six different clone troopers. They end up. I guess it doesn't really lead to success in the way that it should because Evan Peel dies too. Yeah. And then if you think about too how Anakin is the one kind of training Ahsoka and Ahsoka, you know, kind of has, obviously Ahsoka's her own person, right? Like she's mm -hmm. not just Anakin's like clone, but she does learn to kind of do her own thing from him. Mm -hmm. Her joining the mission ends up being good, but then also you have to wonder if that like ends up adding to just like some of the costs that add up. Mm -hmm. um, not saying it's like her fault that like clone troopers and stuff but like that But she died. could have easily died as well. Yeah, sure. Um, and so I think I think that there's just some really interesting themes there. Whereas like, it's also funny too, because Obi doesn't seem as concerned that Ahsoka showed up as, as Anakin. No. He's and probably relieved, honestly. Like, because yeah. <laughs> I feel like if anything, Ahsoka's more on his side than Anakin usually is. Um, Ahsoka is a good balance between Obi and Anakin. Yeah. she She has this like, in between kind of moment and obi-wan like i was just thinking about it like doesn't have a good relationship with political figures um in a way that anakin kind of tries to involve them in certain ways i feel like yeah yeah um, i think i do i, I yeah you're 100 percent right about that but i i think that that's also a, a reflection of obi's connection to the jedi order because yeah, they've never played they, well with the with the politics which yeah. i think is ironic because, because they they're so to. political as well. Like, well, and they also have to throughout this entire war effort, which yeah. is what I think ends up being their downfall because they get spread th so thin. Mm -hmm. They have to do things in ways that they normally wouldn't do mm -hmm. them. They are more active. You know, they're not just like these quote unquote peacekeepers. They're like playing an active part of this battle. Yeah. Um, but I do think, you know, as far as like this, 
this arc furthers his Obi's characterization. It really is that like you do the right thing and you you do things the Jedi way. Mm-hmm. In this episode, more than some of the others I think we've looked at, I think he's more right. You know, where it is, he is very much like the ideal of what the Jedi Order stands for, as opposed to just like following the rules. Yeah, this is an example of where this comes into play. And why, and I think it's also, it helps to show like why that stuff is important. Like you have to follow to him. And I think there is some, ba- there is some merit to this, like right? Like where it's like, you have to follow the orders, even when it doesn't feel right to do so, or doesn't seem like you need to, because then it helps in the moments later on where you really have to like rely on that right Mm -hmm. that's kind of that thing that helps you like strip the emotion from some of the decisions and things like Mm -hmm. that like it's there's going to be moments when it's hard to follow like all of the you know the specifications and the teachings of the jedi code but if you do it at all moments it's going to be easier in the moments when it's harder like if that makes sense Mm -hmm. and i think i think whatever you feel about the jedi order i think that makes sense Mm -hmm from kind of a teaching perspective. I also think, again, he's kind of right here. Now, whether or not you think that the Jedi code works, you know, in like not really taking emotion into consideration, that's another story. But Mm -hmm. I think that in this moment, he is right in terms of, yes, like you you shouldn't give up your morals for victory Mm -hmm. because then the victory is, I mean, as the moral says in the episode, like then the victory is hollow. Mm Mm-hmm. So I do think, again, like Obi doesn't play as much of a large role in these episodes, but I think it still is very important to his his character overall um, in just seeing how his Padawan is kind of like now taking charge and things like that. Mm-hmm. There, there were some other real quick things I wanted to mention. Um, we talked about when Tarkin and Anakin shake hands, you hear the Imperial March. Um, we talked enough about Tarkin. I just wanted to mention, like, I hate how he's portrayed, but I think it works for his character. Yeah. It's annoying, but he's a, he's a, that's what his character is. There's also some weird continuity stuff that happens in these episodes that I just want to call out. We normally don't do this, but it's kind of funny. Uh, I'm not going to talk about everything, but th- this is from kind of the Wikipedia entries. Uh, some of the continuity things include the number of clone troopers changing. In the first episode, there's Cody, Rex, and Fives plus four other clone troopers. Two two of the clone troop clone blah, 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 blah. two of the additional clone troopers die in. The first episode, and then two die in episode two, but then another one dies, like, right after that, like, and it ends up being, like, there were five all along, and they don't, it's weird. I think that's why I was confused as to how many people died, because I was like, who is with them? Right, yeah. What is going on? The number fluctuates, and it's weird. When did he get here? A similar thing actually happens with R2's (laughs) droids. I think he has, I think R2 has either three or four. Three at first. He has three. One dies in the first episode, but then is right back in the the next episode. R2's like, "Mm, I'll, I'll resuscitate you. It's just like I'll, re- I'll hotwire you back. And then finally, there's a uh, Ahsoka briefly has a blue lightsaber oh, when she's getting on the 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 rescue chopper. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Because um, notably in this in these episodes, she I has. Wonder if that's foreshadowing something. Uh, I don't. I think it was just a mistake. <laughs> I'm just being stupid. I yeah. know. Um, I don't know when she changes to blue, but she does at some point. Um, yeah. So anyway, but yeah, that's. I mean, that's basically this arc. Was there anything else? That you had about it? I think we kind of talked about it along the way. We did. Yeah. That's what we just... We just did the podcast. So, you know, that was like um, a podcast that we just did. It was. And I think it was good. Cool. Um, Well, (laughs) do we want to go beyond the Outer Rim real quick? Is it my turn? Yeah. Do you have something? Uh, What do I have? What do I do? 
I don't know. Mm. Beyond the Outer Rim. Um, I've been playing Sims again. Nice. Yeah, you have been. <laughs> I well, I don't actually play the game. I just build houses, Which... and I get really excited about like I don't mod. So mods are that's one of the best things about the Sims is that mods are really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't mod the houses or the items in the houses. I only mod the clothes because I just like having a lot of different clothes for my characters and like makeup and stuff. Which is funny because you just said you don't play the game, so. Yeah, I don't. I like will make a person. Right. And then I'm like, I play for like maybe 10 minutes and then I'm like, oh, I've done this again. I've done this before. I don't want to do it anymore. Um, but I love building the houses. Um, I love just going and like, because I'm a, you know, a realtor or work in a realtor's office by day, I like have access to all the homes that are coming up and I'll like be, I'll be like driving down the street and I'm like, Ooh, I like the style of that house. Is that mid century? Or is that like, you know, a colonial or blah, blah, blah. And like, I'm going to make that in the Sims. And then I like really try to stay true to the style of the house when I like stage it. And now I'm like following like a whole bunch of interior designers on Instagram just so I can like interior design houses in a virtual game. So that's it. it. No, it's fun. <laughs> I mean, I think I never could get into The Sims, but I, I, I think that that aspect of like building and things like that is is really interesting. Um, I like world building. Yeah, and I mean the stuff that you make always turns out really cool. So thank you. Yeah. Well, that's it for today's episode. You can find each of us on Twitter. Uh, we are Distant Echoes SW, or you can find each of us individually. Cassie, where are you lo- located in this galaxy? I'm at Cassie Thulu. Nice. And I'm at Awkward Tommy. I'm at Awkward Tommy. <laughs> Jeez, I am Awkward Tommy. <laughs> I am at Awkward Comma. Tune in next time where we discuss the top five places where Anakin's metal arm gets stuck. You won't believe number one. (laughs) Number one is uh, just the microwave. When he's boarding an airplane. Oh, yeah. That's off the metal. TSA. Sorry, spoiler. (laughs) Bye. Bye.